Hello and welcome to the Creators Podcast. My name is Richard Beatty and today I'm going to be interviewing a really old friend called Lindsay Kerr. He's got a fascinating story and uh, it's one that I've always wanted to know the ins and outs of myself. So um, we've not caught up for a long time. So we're uh, we're on Zoom and uh, yeah, Lindsay, welcome to the Creators Podcast. How are you, Richard? The boy with the boys with the girls' name, as you once. In fact, that was the first thing you ever said to me. And you know, I can tell you the day you said that to me, Richard. It was the 29th of October, 1983. There you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, there's going to be some stuff comes out here. Hey. There's going to be some stuff comes out here, isn't oh, there? Like classics. Uh, yeah. The reason why I know that is because that was the day I moved two doors from you obviously you were living with your your brother and your parents and your gran yeah and uh, we just moved into number six and as true as any child would be they were very curious to see who the new neighbors were and uh, as the removal van pulled up the hill there you were and uh, straight there you said uh, who are you and I said well I'm Lindsay and you said yeah the boy with the girl's name and that's that was just one of my very first memory of you. Yeah. Yes. Um it was uh I'd never heard anybody called Lindsay before, so <laughs> there's two of us apparently in the city. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not hundred percent certain we've got good sound going on here, but um uh-huh. I, th- I think we should be fine because we've got the uh, recording on on Zoom as well. So, um, but I'm just getting one side of it on here. Um, so we'll take that down, and we've just got off the computer audio. So, yeah, still here is all right. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Right. So, um, yeah. So, 1982. Three. 1983. Yeah, it was October 83. I, I I was sitting wondering like where where I couldn't pin the date. So like how old were you? So I was uh let's work that out. I was coming up, I was nine, and you and I are 121. No, hang on, edit that. You and I are a year and 21 days difference. So I'm the 8th of December and you're yeah. the 29th of December. Yeah. Um, so I was a year and 21 days, well, still am a year and 21 days. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was 83. Yeah. I, I obviously like we, we, we spent loads of time playing out on the backfield and tossing about doing all sorts of mad stuff. That, that, the field out the back was a gift, wasn't it? It was just like a huge it playground. Was a, it was a pure gift. And I can remember you, me, Matthew Barber, and a few other cool guys from that, that area. We, can you remember we dug about eight feet deep and we created this huge bunker? Yeah. Can you remember that? Yeah. It was just so, so good. And also, um, for where, where you and I were living at the time, there was some air raid, old air raid shelters, wasn't there, which were the, uh, not the army, the, the railway people had used. And yeah. we had such hours of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was brilliant growing up around there. Um, so you went to a different school to me. I went to Edendon and you went to St. Aidan's. Yeah, I was St. Aidan's. Yeah. yeah. Carlisle. And um, yes, yeah, so how, how did you get on there then? 
Um, well, uh, yeah, my year, my year intake in. So I was, I was there from eighty four to eighty nine, and my year intake, I think, must have been a big baby boom in seventy two, seventy three. Um, it was really overcrowded, and um, I, I kind of wasn't a big player at school. I kind of like just kind of went along with it academically. I, I left with GCSEs. I left with actually eight GCSEs. So I wasn't, um, you know, wasn't too bad, but from a, probably about 85, 86, Richard, I absolutely detested school. I think, you know, I think we were very children of the 80s. I think the, the, there wasn't all the pressure that there is on kids now. It was a case of we were just box ticking, get out and away you go and get yourself a job. And even back then, when you think about it, I mean, you would have left school in 90 um, or 91, right yeah, about then. Yeah, I, I think there wasn't as much pressure on us as kids to to do as well as as there is now. And also, there was there seemed to be more opportunities. There was like YTS, I think, had been around the eighties, and you could just kind of go into college and do what you wanted to, and then you'd end up getting a, a, a job. And mm. um, yeah, I just don't know. I hated school. I'll be honest with you. So my my. Obviously, there was the the, the name thing is is a very early memory of you, but yeah. where the, the this shed your your dad's shed right. yeah because this this is really what this this podcast is all about. It's not just about uh, uh, me and you catching up. It's 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 about uh, what 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 happened in your dad's shed that I just find absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Good, good memory. So the back of the house, there was this shed and it was a shed with no windows. Mm. And originally it'd been used by the previous owner as a dark room. So there'd been some creativity right from the word go from that shed, which is really cool. Um, it was an old asbestos shed. So goodness knows what it was still doing up. But we, when I say the we, that's you and me, we kind of took over the shed and created our very own radio station. And in that radio station, if you like, was the old press and push tape recorders. We had our stack of cassette tapes lined up. And I think I probably took the inspiration because if you think about it and remember that the original Radio Carlisle stroke Radio Cumbria, and I know your mum had had some links with that place. Yeah. That, that was at Hilltop Heights, wasn't it? Which is, you know, um, with the building's still there, but they've since moved. And I think I took that inspiration that I wanted to create this radio station at the age of nine stroke 10, mm. playing, you know, absolutely crap 70s music, you know, because that's all we had on cassette. And then if you remember, we we decided between us that you would have a radio station in your house. And what had happened was we would... <laughs> exchange cassettes can you remember that so i, I would can remember my... all the tapes i can't remember i can't remember did i go to the i, I didn't go to the lens of like making because you made cardboard computers with buttons and did. monitors and so you've got to remember so we're talking 83 so the pc if, or it wasn't a pc but the computer of the day was the bbc micro and yeah. the electron and of course my dad would not buy me a computer so I ended up making a full-size replica on the back of a cardboard crisp box yeah. and, uh, and having a, a makeshift old, I think it was either an old black and white TV or a, a knackered old monitor, yeah. and absolutely believing uh, that I was creating and making these these computers. Yeah. 
and it was just fantasy and it yeah. was just it was wonderful. We were allowed to be kids. Yeah. Just going back to very quickly, just going back to the cassettes. I was always in envy of you because you always had slightly better technology than me. Where I had the old sit-down tape recorder with the the pause rewind and the red button for record, you yeah. would have first of the Toshiba Ghetto Blaster. It wasn't the true Ghetto Blaster. We're not talking <laughs> San Francisco, but we're talking. I think your mum had worked at Norweb or something. She did, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you managed to get this job. And then the, the, you absolutely revolutionised our neighbour because you had tape to tape. You had a double <laughs> tape, but you could dub. <laughs> uh, oh, it was so cool. And can you remember the name of the station? No. No, it was, it was Radio Channel 12, in brackets, The Noise of the North. Don't remember that. <laughs> no. My childhood memories are absolutely <laughs> terrible. They really are. I like there's there's bits that I can remember and bits that I don't, you know. Um yeah. so yeah, this is this is a good uh, good memory jogger for us anyway. But, but but. I think where, where you and I differed greatly with the radio production, because even though you you, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, you were good. But your choice of music for me wasn't great because you were into your 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 Iron Maiden at the time. Can you remember Aye, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went through a bit of the leather look, Richard. Let's be honest with the story. <laughs> <Did I? laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, fond memories, fond memories. And do you know what? That that bug, if you like, that bit back even back in 82, 83. And and obviously the time that we we did the noise of the north and all the daft things we did as kids. That still is in my blood now, which we'll obviously come on to later. But um, it, it's, I think once you're a creator and you have that creative flair, it takes a bit to blow that flame out. It really does. Mm. I think that like when you're a kid, they say that um, children up to the age of eight, their brainwave patterns are like no other time in life apart from when an adult is under deep hypnosis. So basically they, they say that the the kid's mind is on record up to the age of about eight. And that's where you form your personality and, and you know, your ways and your facial expressions and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, then after, after there seems, to, you know, cause I was around that age where I had this vision of what I wanted to do as well. And, and um, you know, followed it blindly and, that seems to be what you did as well. Mm, mm. I mean, one thing that obviously just going back to childhood and you, you've just triggered a thought and a memory, actually one thing that an earlier memory, again, another early memory of you and I is that out of, out of us all, when I say us all, I include your brother and some other kids that we knocked about with, you are always the entrepreneur brain. You were always the one that was thinking, how can I make something and how can I go on to do something? I'll give you an example. I can remember it was probably, again, it would have been the eighties. You, I think you were wanting to create some kind of gardening kind of um, business and you really, really were really deep into this, and and you really wanted to this to proceed. Me, I suppose my create I'm creative, but I'm more the emotional type of performer, really. Uh, hence, being on radio and stuff like that. I'm not saying that you don't you're not emotive, but you were more kind of let me just think this through. You're more logical. Does that make sense? That's how yeah. I seem to remember you. Certainly more practical. I, I like to I like to be hands on. I like to be yeah. able to pull things to bits because I want to know how they work. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I, I like to be able to put things together for the, to see if I can make them work, you know? So after I've broke them <laughs> generally, but yeah. So, um, yeah. So you, how did you left school? Like just. Yeah. So I left, then. yeah. So a typical, like I said, I left school in 89. Pardon? Sorry. Yeah. Just carry on. Yes. I was just saying that you, you, nothing, nothing amazing from school. It was just. Nothing amazing from school. Went on to, went to Carlisle college as it, cause it had just changed to Carlisle college. Cause if you remember, it's Carlisle technical college. Um, and try to just improve on some grades. I didn't quite get what I wanted in in um, in science, um, and just basically bummed about for a year. Just did nothing for a year. So that took me into 1991, and then I got a job um, working um, in in quick, quick maybe quick save. Yeah, uh, quick save. So I went into there just to work on the on the um, the fruit and veg. Um, just to actually get some money in my pocket because I was getting pressure from. Um, I can't remember when you did that, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I went into that job, absolutely hated it, but it was 120 quid in your pocket every week, you know. And 120 quid when you're like 17 or whatever, and you're only having to pay 15 quid keep, you know. Great, good yeah. fun, you know. So I did that, and then my career took. Well, my job became a career. It was way weird. I, I actually went into the police. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah do actually. Like, yeah, I was walking that. along the street one day and you pulled up in a police car and we were like talking and that you pulled over and that and I, I threw some on the floor and you were like, pick that up, it's littering. I'm like, you what? <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, and, and you know, and, and I find it sad to admit this some years later because obviously I'm not in the police now, we'll come on to that in a bit, but it it made me a bit of a dick. And I'm going yeah, to be honest. I noticed. <laughs> I really, really, um, I, I never wanted to be one of those kind of coppers, mm. but I turned out to be a bit of a dick and a little mm. bit arrogant with it. And looking back, Richard, um, it's not a good time in my life, really. Mm. Had some good times in that in those years, but me, I wasn't happy with me, mm. you know, and it it, it just it went against who I really was. I think I was having this internal battle about who I really was and who I really am and who I, uh, who my, my, you talked about, you, you talked about the, you know, being when you're up to that age eight and all those memories and your personality. And I totally agree with that. I was going against what my true personality was like, because I like to think I'm quite laid back. That's no good in the police, mm. you know, and it was a bit of an internal <clears throat> struggle really so yeah i did the police policing for a bit but my true eye and my true goal was radio that's where i wanted to be yeah so so how what age were you obviously you you'd done a couple of jobs ended up in a job that you that you didn't like and felt uncomfortable with like what age was that so that would have been uh, i was in the police from 91 to 96 so I was 20, 25, 20, yeah, 24 when I kind yeah. of came out of the police. Yeah. And, and and so when you came out of the police, was it like, right, sod it, I want to become a radio DJ? Absolutely. And I thought, you know, what am I going to do? Um, you know, I, I, I left the, I'd left the police in May 96. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I know what I want to do, but how do I do it? Because 
up until uh, I, I won't bore you, but the history of radio is basically there was nothing in this area up until uh, it was only just BBC. And then in 93, the local station CFM had launched in Carlisle in 93. And I can remember at the time um, sending a letter. And remember, I'm in the police at this stage, and I sent a letter to John Myers. Some of our listeners and, and will remember John Myers. John Myers, local guy, sadly no longer with us. He died last year, and um, it'll be a, it's a huge miss. But I wrote him a letter, and he basically invited me up there. Bear in mind, I'm, I'm a copper at this stage, and he wasn't even there when I turned up, you know, because he probably just thought I was, uh, for the want of a better phrase, just another wannabe and a rack who just wants to kind of come and have a look around and um i was up until that stage you remember that radio had only been the bbc we had this new station that launched a, a commercial station if you wanted to get into the bbc the normal routine for the majority of people back then was you had to go you had to be a journalist you had to have good qualifications you had to be able to write quite well you had to have a great voice and uh, apart from a few of those things, I, there was no way I could have gone down the BBC road initially. So where, the way my mum did it, like hmm. she, um, it was a country and Western radio show that she, 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 she did and she worked on and um, she wasn't the host, but she was like a, like a co-host because she did the, yeah. um, she was the one that dealt with all the events. Sure. So I, I, I guess because they used to go to all the events, I guess because of that, that's how she actually yeah. fell in. Because she was the expert on what was going on in the the country and Western community. You're, you know, so. you're right. You normally find that people who have come into particularly radio later on or through, you think, well, you're not a journalist. It's normally through um, a back door, through by doing other things. Yeah. And, you know, we took again without trying to patronise anyone or trying to be little things, but sometimes having that sheer will and determination and saying, Do you know what, if it means me making tea, I will make tea because I will be able to show off my create my creative passion and flair later on somehow, yeah. and that's what happened at CFM. So back to back to ninety six, I'd gone yeah. back to CFM. And I'd spoke to the um, the program controller because they all that's the, that's the title that they gave them back then. And I was asked the question, well, what radio have you done? And there was just <laughs> a lovely silence. And I, I did quote the noise of the North. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was asked that. And basically said, well, you haven't done anything, you know. I said, but I can. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in, in that mantra, I can, I shall, I will. Mm. I can, I shall, I will. And um, I thought, I'm not going to be told no. So, I, again, I went back and I, I was... I said, look, let me let me go into that second studio and do you a demo tape. Well, Richard, I wish I still had the demo tape. It was absolute shite. Mm. <laughs> it was awful. It was the worst demo tape you've ever heard. But one thing that Simon said, it was a guy called Simon Grundy, who's still in the radio industry now. He's over in Sunderland and we're really good friends. He said to me, do you know what? There's something there. I think you are so determined to do this. And I said, yeah, I am. I really want to do this. I said, I don't care what you give me. I'll be on in the middle of the night if you want me to. But I want to do this. You know? And it was that absolute self-belief. Self-belief, yeah. Richard. And, it's, yeah. and uh, you know, I've seen that through you, through your back cars, you know, to your immortal stuff and to what you're doing now. Self-belief. 
you know and um yeah it's that and was blind and, and blind faith absolutely absolutely well like that i'm i'm so pleased that that's the way that you did it because i didn't know how you did it like whether it was just a, a, a falling into it, but you went in there like sheer determined and, and yeah. Shy kids get no sweets, Lindsay. It's what? Shy kids get no sweets. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a firm believer. I know they're cliches and, and we, we hear them, and we've heard them for years and years, but it's true. Don't ask, don't get. Yeah. Um, and no wasn't good enough for me. No was not good enough. Um, I was willing to to make that work for me. And very, very quickly, what had happened was back in 96, so he said, all right, okay, I'll tell you what, you can do Christmas Day. Well, it felt like Christmas Day when he told me that. You're, two o'clock in the morning, you're going to do Christmas morning, two o'clock till six, thinking, well, there's no bugger going to be listening, but it doesn't matter because I've got this shot. And yeah. what happened, but, but he said, the caveat was we're going we're gonna to pre-record it. So I sat there pre-recording it, and what happened was, it's quite funny, the um, they'd sent the listings off to the, remember the Gazette newspaper. Yeah, well, I used to deliver the Gazette newspaper, but that's another story. But the Gazette newspaper had published the um, radio listings for what was on on Christmas Day, and this had been published the week before. So this is like the eighteenth of December. This this had come out, and what it said was quite funny. It said Christmas Day, zero two hundred to zero six hundred. Lindsay Kerr. And in brackets, they printed on tape. Well, that was a complete error because it was just that wasn't supposed to have gone over to the uh, editorial. To they, they just that should have been removed. Right. So the managing director at the time said, "Oh, we can't do that. No, we're all live here at CFM. We're all live. We can't have someone pre-recorded." So I got the call on Christmas Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety six, to say you're actually live in the morning. And you can imagine how that felt. <laughs> mad, mad. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's a it's a little bit like my story ending up on the start line in that buggy with flipping two engines in that like that it went from nothing to everything all of a sudden. So, like, yeah. I, I bet I bet that was a hell of a feeling, though. You know, like it was a hell of a feeling. You know, massive adrenaline rush. Absolutely unbelievable. I still remember, and you know, it still invigorates feelings. I bet, yeah, yeah. So, right, so like, what preparation did you have to do for that show? Then, obviously, it's going to be Christmas songs and stuff like that. Were you there with your tape recorder, your flat deck tape recorder, and you know, just like a little paper list of just a, a big list? And and you know, even back in '96, I didn't have the internet. You know. Mm. Uh, internet was still fairly new you know if you had the internet it was on 28k dial-up so you know and i'd literally gone to the library that uh, i got the playlist ran to the library on christmas eve it was up and i just researched did a load of research because i thought i want this show to sound absolutely shit hot i really did i mean it probably wasn't and i wish i still had it i haven't actually got it to to, to listen back to um but yeah, I remember the very first song, actually. The first song, uh, Two Minutes Past Two, was Baby Jane by Rod Stewart, which isn't a particularly great song. Sorry for any Rod Stewart fans who are listening to this, but <laughs> that's the first song that I ever played. And, you know, it's in there. And it's it's a good memory, you know? Yeah. Oh, amazing. And how, how how long were you on for? 
So, yeah, so I did uh, four hours that particular day. And then did I was you have to talk much or like. Not really, because um, it wasn't really a talky talky kind of Just story. introducing the tracks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and again, when listen, when I listen back, when when I think back, not listen back, but think back, it was very much that was this is, which isn't particularly great radio, um, but that kind of launched me into my what I would call my radio career. Ninety seven came around a week later, you know, and I was given a, a regular Saturday evening show, which led on to other things, and then I. Were you getting paid for this? So the first one, did you get paid for? Didn't get didn't get paid a penny. Yeah. Didn't get but it wasn't about that Richard no 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 absolutely Uh, absolutely not and this is the 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 world today people today have got this attitude uh give us a job and I'll work hard and then you give them a job and they do nothing because they've already got the job yeah when when, but my philosophy and obviously yours as well is I'll work hard and and will you give us a job yeah I work hard will you then give us a job that's it's the opposite way around. And if if people put that effort into the, 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 the careers and the jobs, they'd find they'd get jobs a lot easier for a start. They would, absolutely. You know, it's the old phrase, you earn your living. Well, I actually did earn it yeah. by sheer blood, sweat and tears, you know, and, and, and just sheer will. And I can remember my dad saying to me at the time, you've, you've just come out of the police. You, you know, you haven't got a job and you're doing that for free. Yeah, dad, I am. That's exactly what I'm doing yeah. because I can, I shall, and I will. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Respect, man. Um, so you then got a, a permanent, uh, like a, a regular. Yeah. So, so I was freelance. So I was kind of self-employed, if you like. So I would do bits and pieces for the station. And a lot of that would be kind of like back then it, uh, radio was about, because radio was still commercial radio was still fairly new. There was this passion about getting out and about and seeing you out and about doing events and road shows and stuff like that. So that was quite good. Financially that was quite good. Um, And then um, I mentioned Simon Grundy, who was the guy that gave him the break. Um, He um, got sacked. It was quite, uh, quite, quite funny. Really, He got sacked from CFM and then he ended up going to a station just South in Lancaster called the Bay which mm. was a massive station. It's sadly no longer with us. It's, um, it went a couple of years ago. But anyway, the Bay had just launched at a similar time to CFM. So they had a, a really big audience and Simon had gone down there and he rang again, he rang me up and said, you need to get yourself down here, pal. Um, they're screaming for talent. They're screaming for talent. And again, through sheer will and determination, I turned up there uninvited and asked to speak to the prone controller, a great guy, still good friends, called Ian Calvert. And he said, well, what have you done? I said, well, I've done stuff for CFM. Yeah, but it's a different station. I said, I know it's a different station, but let me have a go. I said, I'll tell you what, Ian, um, let me have a go on the overnight tonight, because I know you're just doing, you haven't got a presenter on, it's just back-to-back music, and I'll do I'll do it for free. I'll do it for nothing, Ian. That's how, how, how determined I am and how I believe in, in what I do. The rest was history. Got the job. I ended up getting a daytime job there. I ended up being the afternoon drive presenter for three years, head of music, you know. Um, wow. And that was financially well. That was well-paid, company car. But it wasn't about that. It was I was actually, for the first time in, a, in my working career, and probably like you, I was actually living 
the dream. This is yeah. what I wanted to do right back from 1983, and here we are, 15 years later. Yeah, you must have, you must have been sat there like pinching yourself, like yeah. thinking about those cardboard computers, and then looking at the desk in front of you. <laughs> I'm thinking, this is a reality. Yeah. No. Thoughts um, become things. Absolutely, and you know, I still say to this day, even though careers changed somewhat, best days of my life. Mm. Best days of my life, because as you say, you would, there would be you would have that really surreal moment where you would sit back and look, look around. You go, "Oh my God, this is actually happening. Yeah. This is what I believe. This was my vision at age nine, and here I am, yeah. living that dream." Yeah, and what, what was that? Was there a moment when that happened, or was it kind of right at the start when you? got in behind them you know when you played that first track or I, I, no I think I think it happens throughout yeah I have that experience throughout I don't know if you can relate to that no, t- totally totally because I didn't realize that I'd achieved my childhood dream until like a decade after I'd done it yeah absolutely because I was too busy doing it and it because it was such a inbuilt part of me it was it was just what I, I was doing, and I didn't realize that I was living the the, the dream right the way along, you know. And, and um, yeah, so that's why I, I wonder how how it came to you, you know, like yeah, it was. It, I think I've had it a few times. Yeah, uh, that kind of feeling, and even talking about it now, it conjures up really good feelings, and I feel quite emotional talking about it because, again, I know we said this throughout the podcast today. I can, I shall, I will. If you have that self-belief and that real will to do something, you know, dreams really can come true. And, I, I, you know, and I know that's a cliche and I don't want people to think, oh, yeah, it's all syrup, this and it's all just shit. But if you have that belief and you really put that energy, that positive energy into something, you know, you're, it's amazing what can be achieved. I've, I've spent a lot of time interviewing my tattoo clients while I'm tattooing them obviously and um, I ask so many people uh, I'd say 80% of the people who are tattoo I ask this question where do you want to be when you're 60 or I give them like a good like you know like 20-30 years whatever their age and a a solid 80% of them have got no clue whatsoever and you you could be sat talking to someone who's 40 years old and they're in an all right job maybe but they don't know where they want to where they want to be in 20 years time or you could be talking to someone young who who's you know full of energy and they don't know where they want to be you can talk to someone who's getting towards 60 and they don't know what retirement looks like either. They can't really describe what they would want from it. They're just waiting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you took a totally different path and that that's, that's really why you're on here because you have created your own uh, dream job yeah. by vision, determination, tenacity and action, you know, you just wouldn't take no for an answer, and it's about the it's about the most pure way you can go about doing something, you know. Like and you know, literally, you've knocked over mountains, 
to, to, yeah. and I know they only seem small in the sense that, oh, well, that makes sense if he went in and, and asked for a job and then they gave him a job, you know, you know, he did something for free. Well, but all the people listening to this that think that sounds simple, how many people would actually do it? Yeah, this is this is my point. Like n- nobody even knows what they want to do, and a huge percentage of them, even when they know what they want, they don't do anything about it. The 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 they're sitting on things that that could have been their 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 dream life and Coronation Streets. Absolutely. And I don't want to get to the age, and hopefully I will get to the age when I'm you know 70, 75 and turn back to it. I just wish I'd done this. I just wish I'd done that. Yeah. You know. I can turn around and say, I'm pleased I did that. I'm pleased, I, uh, you know, and sometimes you do knock on doors and it, you might have to give it a good ram. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know? but like, and, you know, like I say, persistence as well, you know, like keep going back. Don't take no for an answer, you know? Um that the, 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 the people who come to me for apprenticeships are very, are the ones that really stand out you know like the 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 might the might come in and i'll tear the portfolio to bits and you know if you know and i I give them good constructive advice at the same time though but so few of them actually come back you know Mm -hmm. so the ones that do come back all of a sudden they stand out a mile you know this person is actually wanting to be here you know what i mean and they mean it and and it's it's part of that and and so yeah I, i i love what you've done with your job so where uh, so you left CFM. Did yeah, you leave so I, CFM because it was just like? So I left. Remember, I said I was uh, freelancing for CFM. So even though the work was steady, there was no obviously guarantee. Right. And there is a there is an old saying that you're only as good as your last job uh, or your last show, really. Yeah. And you know, being in that type of industry, there are a lot of people who are very cutthroat. They would under you know, yeah. Under- yeah that for, for 30 quid less or whatever uh, what, what about egos is it an industry full yeah, of it yeah of and yeah if i'm going to be honest i had a little bit of an ego as well you know yeah. i had to have that personality and what you what you heard on air was it did reflect me um albeit you know a little bit sometimes up my own ass i think but i think that's what uh, i was quite cheeky with it um so to be honest i thought you got sacked from cfm no didn't no. get sacked CFM, no, no. Um, it, a funny story, actually. Um, I was given a choice, if you want to put it that way. It wasn't a sack. So the program controller at the time, Simon Grundy had gone. They put a, a, another program controller in who knew I was doing some stuff down down the road and basically said, you've got a choice. Right. You either work there or you work for us. And I said, well, what can you offer me? You're only, you're, I'm only getting maybe three shows a week. I get the chance of voicing some commercials. This, these guys are offering me daytime. What can you offer me? Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you go down there, you'll have, we'll have to sabotage with you. So that's absolutely fine. So off I went. But the funny thing is, about six months later, um, CFM had a very successful phone insurer. I don't know if you remember. Um, John Myers had done it originally and then uh, Mike Charlton had taken over the Sunday night phoning show and whether you like phonings or not it was a very uh, it pulled in a lot of audience it, it yeah. was a very popular show and um, prior to me leaving I had produced that show I was actually producing the show so whilst I wasn't on air I was producing some of the content I was arranging some of the guests I was um, 
you know, a lot of the calls, and I'm going to give away a trade secret here. Some of the calls we they were just we used stooges. You know, they they weren't genuine callers. There yeah. were other members of the team that we thought we'd just you know spice it up just to get a reaction. Yeah. And I used to play a character called Tomo from Workington. And um, <laughs> and what we did was we this particular day I'm, I'm digressing slightly, but Tomo um, thought it was funny to rob church church silver um, from the from the old parish churches. Yeah. And that would really uh, antagonise the audience. Anyway, so Tomo, <laughs> all these these wonderful characters, and obviously I'd gone back, I'd gone to Lancaster to work, and I got a phone call off that the same program controller saying. Will you come back and produce the show? So, you know, it was nice to be kind of wanted. And I suppose that did swell my ego a bit to think, well, actually, you, you, you've got a good show, but you can't do it without me. Looking back, of course, we could have done it without me. Nobody's yeah. bigger than anyone else. But um, I helped lift that audience up. And, and that's a good memory as well. So, yes, I'd gone to Lancaster, but then I became salaried. Um, so I was on good yeah. money. It's a career um, move, isn't it? The career move, and then uh, and then, so I, I was at the Bay from 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 ninety uh, eight. So that was nineteen eight to two thousand and one. And then what happened was the uh, they launched a brand new station in Kendall called Lakeland Radio, and I got headhunted, and I went there as the program controller. Plus, it was I was commuting every day. Don't forget, I was travelling from Carlisle to Lancaster every day, twice a day. So it, it starts to become um, a bit of a you know, a tiring yeah. journey. So yeah. well, Kendall is a, a lot easier. So I went to Kendall and launched that station. And again, going back to sitting in that, that shed uh, at age nine, I was now given the opportunity to launch a brand new radio station. We didn't even have a building at that stage and I could launch it and make it the sound that I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, um, and so again, that was another dream as well. It was one, I was obviously doing radio, but two, I was creating a brand new radio station from scratch. And yeah. that's what happened. And I stood, I, I was there till 2004. But then the worst thing you can do is launch a radio station at the back of foot and mouth. Remember, we had foot and mouth back in 2001. Yeah. yeah. So we'd launched in a farming community. The farming community was on its ass. So the, there wasn't money coming into the station. So I took a redundancy package, which was worth my while. And then I went to work for the BBC for a year. And then I came out of radio in 2005. So what, did you, then, what did you do with the BBC? Radio Cumbria? Radio Cumbria, yeah. So Radio Cumbria had moved, obviously, to opposite, to, well, beside you guys when, when you Immortal was there. Yeah, your, yeah. Your tattoos side there, wasn't it? Uh, they'd moved there, I think, the uh, early 2000s and I'd gone there and I did a, a regular Wednesday evening there um, and I can remember again a, a fond memory but not fun for the people it affected was working the night of the first floods in 2005 yeah. and that was that was surreal man <sighs> crazy yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean it was a it was a bizarre experience for everybody that wasn't it it's, uh, Carlisle turned into Venice for a little while <laughs> It did. It was mad. Um, but then, from, a, from a radio station point of view, uh, hub of the community and all that sort of stuff, and, um, it, you know, I bet it was um, an interesting, you know, because there'll, there'll been so much stuff, information coming in, and obviously, you know, obviously you're a radio station, you're putting information out, but the amount of stuff that was coming in, I bet, was uh, 
far more than you put out, you know? So, yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, Radio Cumbria definitely became uh, a massive player in com- building that community. Where Radio Cumbria, I think, historically had been a little bit wooden and a little bit lamb bank. Yeah, you know? a bit, the, 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 the people who listen to it are a yeah, bit older, aren't they? Yeah, they were older. The demographic was definitely older. You were, you know, they were targeting probably females age 45 plus, really, as opposed to CFM days where you were targeting 25 to 45s, those with, yeah. the, the, with the money to spend. Um, and plus it's a commercial station. So it's a different, completely different audience. So I did a Wednesday night with them, 7 till 10. Again, freelance, self-employed, but I just did one one show a week with them. And I did that for about a year. And I really enjoyed that. That was really good. Um, and then the work dried up. Um, I thought, what am I going to do? Um, can't really go to CFM, even though I haven't been sacked, but we don't really kind of get on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um I could go back to Lancaster to work, but there isn't any kind of shows going at the moment. What do I do? And then I'm thinking, actually, I just was just newly married at the time. I'm thinking I'm going to actually have to start earning money, a different route to what I really wanted to do. Yeah. And that's when I kind of uh, joined the NHS. Um, and that was great, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I remember bumping into you and – you because you, you we haven't seen each other that much over over the years, and I bumped into you, and then you, you told us you were working for the NHS doing council. I was like, "Whoa, where'd the radio yeah. thing go?" Because I, I knew you'd been yeah. down to Markham, and um, and then back into Carlisle, and you were doing that. So, what is it you do for the NHS? Well, back then when we first bumped into each other a few couple of years ago, I was working in uh, addiction services, so drug and alcohol. Mm. Um, fascinating. And again, going back to, remember I said about being in the police and stuff and, and having that attitude. And yeah. actually, when I probably went into drug and alcohol, I went in with my eyes closed, not open, yeah. because there is a certain perception of people who struggle with addictions, particularly like narcotics or alcohol. You think, well, it's a choice, isn't it? <laughs> and actually, that was an eye-opener. When you actually listen for the first time and hear some stories where people who may be addicted to, say, you know, 20 pounds of heroin every two hours, and then you, when you listen to their story, Rich, and you think, well, actually, the reason why you've been taking heroin for the last five years is because, you know, you're masking something which happened in your childhood, mm. you know, read between the lines. And you just think, God, you know, I can understand why you want to run away from that. Mm. So I did I did uh, um, addiction services for three, just over three years. And then um, I kind of um, remained with, I remained with the NHS and I, I'm, I'm doing something called social prescribing now, which is massive. Um, very quickly, social prescribing is the absolute opposite to lockdown. Whilst we're all kind of sitting in and not accessing the outside and and, and working with communities and people, this is what we want you to do because a lot of people, and I'm sure some of your listeners can relate to this, you know, we go to the doctor, we want a quick fix, we want the pills, we want to feel a bit better about ourselves, when actually my role is to kind of work with that patient to say, well, what is what is it you're unhappy about? What is it that's causing that? Let's look at that. And it's really the cause and effect. And it's about doing that piece of work with that person to empower them and say, actually, yes, you can. You can do this. You can work through this. It's that self-belief again. 
And I think that's why I'm attracted to that, that, that kind of work is because I'm able to see the potential. You know, I'm not a miracle worker. Of course I'm not. But I think everyone, wherever you are on, the, on that kind of um, walk of life, if you want to call it that, you do have the potential. And sometimes we just forget where it is. Um, there's a statistic that 84% of people who go to the doctors with an ailment are cured by the act of going to the doctors and not the medication that the doctor gives them. Yeah, it's called definitely. placebo effect. Yeah, and the reason, it, and the reason it happens is when you're a child, you know, we were talking about that period of time up to eight years old. When you get ill, what does mummy say? Come on then, when we take you to the doctors, doctors make you better. <clears throat> so we are programmed to think that going to the doctors fixes it. They didn't say they're going to give you some drugs and it might make you feel a bit dizzy, but you'll feel all right. You know, you, you, they didn't say that. They says doctors make you better, you know? So Absolutely. we are programmed to believe that going to the doctors makes you better somehow. And so 84% of people who go, and the doctors have known this for years, but they still sellers the drugs they do they do absolutely i mean think back to when you'd fall over as a child that, that, that another example of that you'd fall over as a child i'm talking say a child under the age of 10 say so i've got two children that fall under that category my daughter falls over she scoops her knee come here let me put some magic cream on it that'll make it feel better i'm not putting yeah. anything on it i'm just i'm just pretending to put but it's as you say it's the action the brain says Ah, yeah. something is going to happen, therefore it becomes a placebo effect. And I asked my daughter 10 minutes after putting the non-existent magic cream on her knee, how's your knee? That's oh, a lot better, Dad. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the mind is a wonderful thing. Yeah. And the same programming is what ended you up in radio. It's just a different version of it. So um so yeah, you, you you're doing a very very intense job. Then that sounds like you're acting as a as a buffer to reduce the amount of uh, unnecessary people coming into doctors' yeah, surgeries. And yeah, um, I think what you've got to remember is particularly most of us access NHS services, and when you go to the doctor. For, for for us men, for us men anyway, statistically for us men, we only go to the doctors eight times in our lifetime. That's if you're fairly well. And wow. normally, you find, normally you find that someone who accesses the doctor, they go with a list, don't they? Yeah. So you know, all right, they've gone because they've got a sore elbow, but actually they want to talk about the sore knee and the sore leg. And the <laughs> yeah. The doctor, Hypochondriacs. Hypochondriacs, yeah. But a doctor only has 10 minutes to deliver an intervention, okay, yeah. where I have the, um, I suppose, the right, and I can choose this. I can spend two hours with you if I want, you know. Yeah. And that is to find out a little bit about you as you, as the patient, what's important to you and what are you – I don't call them goals anymore. I say, what are your hopes? What's, what's your hope? What's your hope? What is it you want? What's your mm. hope for tomorrow? You know, and like you said, you, it's funny you said about the question where you've asked apprentices or you've asked people, where do you see yourself in 20 years from now? Some people don't even know where they want to be tomorrow, Richard. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And this is this is a huge, huge thing. And 
this is this is part of the reason for the podcast a huge part of the reason to help inspire people to just think about what they could do because it's blatantly obvious that normal people like you and me can go out and achieve our dreams yeah and it was it difficult <laughs> wasn't for no. me no, no, really, it happened naturally, and it sounds like it happened naturally for you as well. So, like, I think that 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 if 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 there's one, I know I know for a fact there's already people that have have stepped up because of this, and um, because we you know the previous podcasts, and yeah. they're now looking into the law of attraction and the writing goal lists, and the, and and the starting to go for it, you know. So, mm. it, it, we're definitely already having a, a, a positive effect on it, and. and like I say, I just think that you are a perfect example of just that. That see, believe, do. do. It's such a simple formula. What, what what is it that you say? I am. I. Oh yeah, I am. I can. It's very simple. The two. I, I am. I can. I shall. I yeah. will. They're yeah. all positive. And yeah. these things. The, the, just the words. I am. Uh, yes. Uh, well, there's a there's a if you, if you look into it, there's a whole backstory just with the I am, uh, and it is very very powerful stuff. Is, so, um, you what's what's going on with you now then? Because that's kind of got us got us up to date with what you what you're up yeah. to and um. So, so yeah, so I do. That's my main job, but my my passion still is radio. So I'm still working in radio in the sense that I. Uh, produce and um, do a regular daytime show for a station in Lancaster because yeah. Lancaster was my kind of home, if you like, for radio. So there's a station down in Lancaster, um, uh, which uh, I do Monday and Tuesdays, uh, 9 to 12. Oh, how do you do that? Do you have to go down to Lancaster? No, no, no. The good thing is that it can all be done remotely from home. Um, so that's good. Uh, so that's done on Monday, Tuesdays. So, so, so what's that station? Come on, plug the station, plug your it's show. It's, it's the station's Beyond Radio. Beyond Radio? Beyond Radio. They've got their official website, beyondradio.co.uk. Uh, they are on FM as well, so they're a proper radio station, not just an internet-based station. So they're on 103.5 and 107.5, and they cover Lancaster, Morecambe, Carnforth, the kind of south of Cumbria. You yeah. can't hear it in black pool and places like that but you can listen online i do stuff for them i also do um some stuff for a station over in the northeast called first choice radio and uh, now they're only in, they're internet only but they've they're a very popular station they launched in august this year so i do a sunday show for them um i do some uh, a little bit of uh, stuff for um a station which covers the hospital radio network. Now, that, that for some people, that's a way into to commercial radio. So I've kind of like did commercial radio first and then went to hospital radio. I did it the other way around. But it, uh, again, that uh, covers Lancaster, Blackpool, Kendall. That's uh, Bay Trust Radio. And they're at baytrustradio.org.uk. And um, the dream continues, if you like, Richard, because a couple of years ago, Ofcom, who were the regulator, for for broadcast and well anything communication from your mobile phone up until TV and radio Ofcom who the regulator they advertised a uh, a small scale community radio station for Carlisle Carlisle City and um, myself and uh, three other 
uh, radio colleagues or ex-radio colleagues, but all with connections to Carlisle, we decided to um, bid for that um, licence. Um, we put together some um, some interest and, and we put the application together. That went to Ofcom back in, um, where are we now, 2018 that went, and they made a decision at the start of this year that, that, that we would be awarded that licence. Now, we've got two years to launch the new station for, for Carlisle, we're not going against CFM because we're a, we're a community station. Um, now, and that doesn't mean it's not a real proper station because it is. It means that um, we'll be able to focus solely on Carlisle City. So the, the name of the radio station is going to be Border City Radio. And I know that I, I approached you, actually, didn't I, just prior to launch for, to yeah. get some support. And you said that, you know, it would be likely that you would uh, be happy to um, kind of support us. And, Absolutely, and, yeah. Maybe, maybe even advertise. And obviously, we will be reliant on advertisers. So, you know, it is a plug for advertisers. But the reason why I'm talking about that I'll, is... I'll what, advertise my podcast on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I'm just talking about it, and again, I don't want to bore everyone, is that... No, 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 this is important. It's, 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 uh, you, need, you need to plug this, so take your time. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're still pen and paper. We have, you know... the. COVID did get in the way. We, you know, we were due to the dream. The dream, if you like, was to launch around about this time of year in 2020. But it looks like it's going to be another another year from now, which is fine. That's within the two years that we've said. Ofcom have actually given us an extension on that due to COVID. We can't yeah. have given us another 12 months. But um, the idea is that it's going to be a station which is a truly local station, but have some uh, some community. Uh, involvement we want to know what's happening in the community we want local voices on there we want to see other Lindsay Kerr's come along and bang on the door and say I can I shall I will that's what we want yeah you know um, we want to showcase um, not just your pop music we want to showcase talent and and you know whether that's talking heads people you know like yourself coming to do a regular slot or people just saying can I tell people about this what's happening in the world yeah we'll come on and use yeah. that as the forum and that's the dream, and that's where we are. Um, so watch this space. We will launch uh, hopefully next year towards the, the, the winter. Yeah. And, well, first of all, good good luck with that. I hope it, uh, I hope it gets the support it deserves. And obviously, if anybody listening wants to get involved with that, they can get in touch with Lindsay uh, via social media just at the minute, I think, is it? Would, would... Yeah, well, just, I'll, I can give, I'm, not, I'm happy to have my email. It's uh, it's lindsay.kerr, it's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, full stop, kerr, K-E-R-R, at gmail.com. I'm quite happy to receive your uh, your emails. It's no problem. Because... Um, uh... Yeah, you, you know, you, you're creating opportunities there, you know, um, for, for and, and letting it be known that they're there as well. So, like, that's, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and obviously, uh, that's quite a wide range of stuff as well that you're looking for and, and, yeah. and local, local to Carlisle. So, there's an Will opportunity be. there for, for, for a lot of people to, to get involved. There's just the three of you at the minute, but you're going to be the, the, the main structure of the team. And, and wow, that, that's an amazing opportunity for people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, one, of the, uh, one of my partners, you know, obviously we had to set up a limited company, so I am a fellow director, but one of my other directors, he's actually we're actually going to employ him. 
that the plan is he will become the full-time station manager. Yeah. I'm quite happy to plough all my efforts at the moment into the NHS, but that might change. Yeah. You know, uh, it, you know, this might be well. Why, no, why is why is COVID slowing this down? Just being able to actually approach um, businesses and advertisers, really potential advertisers. Again, it is a good question. Why is that? We can do it differently, can't we? So again, yeah. we're having a meeting at the end of the, uh, the end of this month. So as this is going out in November, um, we are due to kind of look at doing things differently as opposed to just going to press. There's, it's all great going to press what you call press the flesh. You know, shake someone's hand. Yeah. But out of the ways that we can do it, you know. Okay. So what's right? I mean, th- this was pretty easy for me to do as far as the podcast concerned. I had to learn a lot of stuff about a lot of equipment and 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 uh, that I, that I knew nothing about, and then podcast hosting that is an absolute minefield of of, of um, different stuff. Um, and it was all it was all really new to us. Microphones, everything, everything, the whole th- editing. It's it's all been a major learning curve. You've really got that all, all already. And I don't know what equipment you've got or you need, but like I seem to be doing this with not a lot of stuff and I can do quite a lot with this once I know how it all works. So you've got a very uh, good, good studio there. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm quite envious. It's really nice kit you've got there. Thanks, man. So like, surely this is something that you could do. So my question is, it was relatively easy for me to, 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 to start this and no, there was no Ofcom getting in my way. I cannot believe I am on iTunes and Spotify, you know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's my mind blowing from, from that point of view. Cause I'm in, I'm, I'm, I am taking this seriously, but at the still, same time, it's just a bit of fun, you know, and, and it's, it's got a purpose that I definitely want to deliver a message, but um yeah so so we've got podcast and then you mentioned internet radio before you work you do something for an internet radio right so first of all yeah my my my, my first question would be what is the difference between podcasting internet radio and then a proper radio station and then okay. my second question would be like if you got wait for Ofcom signing papers or whatever, all the bureaucracy of of like the way things have been done for generations, is there not a way that you can start this radio show sooner through a podcast or uh, internet radio? Yeah, absolutely. And to, well, to answer your first question, the difference obviously between podcast and internet radio, podcast is normally something which obviously isn't live. It's, mm. just, it's, it's uploaded to wherever. And you mentioned that you're on iTunes and other platforms. So yeah. I can, go and find, I can um, subscribe to your feed and get it when I want, how I want. Yeah. So it's not live. The internet radio, you can do live or right. it can be just a stream, a pre-recorded stream. And the question that you asked, the second question that you asked was, well, what's, why do you need to go through Ofcom? We need to go through Ofcom because we want to be on regular FM radios. Yeah. Um, so there has to be, uh, you can't just pirate. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, so you can't <laughs> do that, unfortunately. Um, well, you they, can. <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> um, you can. Um, but obviously to get on a, a proper FM allocated frequency that has to be by the regulator. There's, you're absolutely right. There's nothing stopping um, me and the team at Border City launching online. However, we made the decision 
whether it's right or wrong, and it could be something that we uh, re-explore, um, not to do that. Um, again, I was uh, two, two, out of the four, there's four people involved, actually. Three of them were like, oh, we want to just kind of go onto FM and just do it that way. And I was the one actually was saying, why can't we do it online? Just get it online. You know, it could be up and running in 10 minutes. Yeah, because there's, there's a big thing, especially, you know, when I'm watching all these tutorials about how to start a podcast. And one of the biggest things about starting a podcast is just start, you know? Yeah. doesn't matter whether, like, you've got all the gear and no idea or whether, whether, whether you, you know, like, you 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 prepared properly, but the, 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 the best thing to do is, is just get going. And I did feel that I've been talking about this for over a year. And probably if I was to date back the whole kind of planning for this, I'd done a, like a tour to Northern Ireland and went and interviewed all the sponsored artists over there and the, the lads that are using all the Killabees in Northern Ireland. It was a good excuse for a road trip. But um, I also gathered a 300 gig of um of, of uh, footage and uh, audio which then got it's still sitting on my, my computer but that it was this sort of thing that i wanted to do with it um the quality of the audio was poor because the equipment that i was using was awful but um and I, i've really felt like that i've been procrastinating you know and then i started setting up the studio because I, I i didn't want to just do it off my phone and you know like i, I wanted to if I'm going to do it, I'm going to, you know, I've been planning it long enough. I've been yeah. thinking about it for long enough. So I may as well take this seriously, you know, so, um, and it's good fun to have that studio on top of me being able to play on my decks in there and it kind of like at high volume and, um, my daughter, Ashley, she's a singer. So like that she can go in there and, and record the music and stuff. So it's, it's a multi-purpose room, but it gives us a nice quiet environment to be able to do the podcast from as well. Unfortunately, not able to do that at the minute cause I'm sat at home, but, um, yeah, I'd, I felt like I was procrastinating and, and it was just a case of like, you know, just just do it. Do you feel like with the being three of you as well, the, the, yeah. the, the, the that's slowing things down? Definitely. Don't get me wrong. There's been times where I wouldn't say that we've we've, we've we haven't fallen out, but there's been times when I, do, I get really frustrated because it's my personality, rightly or wrongly. I want it now. I want yeah. to do it now. Just do yeah. it. Just do it. You know? And yeah. sometimes that's worked and sometimes it's backfired throughout life. I get that. But so I do, yeah, I do get a little bit frustrated and thinking, what, well, what's stopping us? You know, I've got, I can do it. I can set up a file now. I can do this and do that. And what, what, I'm what, to, what about a plan? What about a plan? Cause a, a plan really does like solidify things and, 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 and not trying to get involved in your, you know, like cause chaos in your radio station, but like, have you actually planned out the three different scenarios? You know, like really, I took a serious look at like what if you were to do it through a podcast? Because I've been looking into the um, the, the monetization of podcasts, and people are paying a lot for the for the advertising because it's a, such a fast growing thing. So, like it, you know, obviously it's a business, and you want to monetize it. You can monetize on a podcast, and obviously yeah. you can monetize on YouTube, and you can surely monetize on on internet radio as well, especially through obviously advertising. Yeah. So, the you know, like the the, the off common, you know, 
How, how, how close yeah. is Ofcom linked to the BBC? Well, the BBC like to think that they're self-regulators, but they do answer to Ofcom as well. Uh, Ofcom, um, they're not. In my, this is my, me speaking my opinion. They're, they're not the greatest people to deal with. They're slow. They're very slow. When we asked for the extension on the um, on the application, i.e., you know, we're supposed to launch by 2022, but because of COVID, can we have an extension? It took them about six months to even respond to that email. Now you could argue, oh, well, they're all working from home, but. The ironic thing is, yeah, on a very high wage and and, and doing yeah, bugger off. The ironic thing, Richard, is if 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 I was on this, let's imagine, let's jump forward, let's visualise and go to that radio station which is now running, and I and I and I f and blind on that station, Ofcom will be on my back within you know three hours yeah, of receiving yeah, that call. Exactly. So, like, and on this is just my personal opinion, and I've been like this all all my life because I've you know. I didn't know the word at the time, but I'm an anti-establishmentarianist, you know, like I don't like being told what to do. And when it when it when it comes to this, look, use a three professionals, right? Talking about doing something. And while you're talking, I'm sat here doing, you know? And and I'm and I'm and I'm a, and I'm a tattooist, you know. So like this is what I'm saying. Like, if I was procrastinating, what the heck are you doing? And I am speaking to yeah. you two pals as well, whoever they are, you know, like. Fuck the system, you know. Like, like there's 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 ways and means of doing it yourself now. And if we keep on, if the world keeps on following the system that is laid out by a load of controlling bullshit bastards that are just sat there making an absolute fortune off the back of the hardworking men and women of this country, it's about time we debunked the. the, the we don't need them. Look, just mm. the same as we don't need our flipping BBC pedo TV license. You know what I mean? It's yeah. and, and people are realizing that now. They're realizing that they have been screwed by the BBC. And the, the BBC is probably getting screwed by Ofcom. And God knows who's getting screwed by Ofcom, Ofcom but like I hope they're over uh, the, the cons- consent age. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because uh, <laughs> There's, the, the, you know, there's, there's all sorts. Of, so, so I wouldn't even buy into that system, man. Like, this is yeah. just me, you know. And like, you know, what you are talking about is setting up a professional radio station. Um, but, uh, and I get why you want to do it. That's that, that's the dream, yeah. man. But yeah. like, I, I think that at the same time, it's, it's, don't 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 be blinkered about it because the world is changing. Radio is changing. TV yeah. is changing. Look, they're doing it from home, you know. And um, yeah. businesses are changing. There's massive office blocks that have realised that, like, they don't need the office block anymore because they can literally now their employees are paying the rent for their premises because they're sat in their own flipping house. It's gone, you know. Like the the employee yeah. is the, the cost is now incurred by that employee. Yeah, definitely. To have somewhere to sit to answer the phone. You know, so like, I don't know. I, like, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm not one for, for following the flow that way. But um, I think it's fair to say, Richard, you're a non-conformist, and I love yeah. that about you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just like to do things my way, and um, you know, obviously, I like to take in a lot of advice and support, and and you know, I don't just like kind of do things without educating myself first, but. It just seems that 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 what was 
is is out of date. Most of the stuff we've got right now is out of date, and, and we 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 live in a time where we we need reinvention. You know, and it's not it's 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 the things that we've got. Some of them serve a purpose. And, and it doesn't need reinvented, but it needs innovated. The innovation of broadcasting your voice in different ways from Facebook lives to, to YouTube to the, 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 and do you know what the biggest killer of a business is overhead? Well, two things, tax and overheads, yeah. overheads, you know, like, so, so like your, your, your overheads would look completely different if you slot were all working from a, a soundproof cupboard in your in 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 your in your own houses, you know, and like just creating that, and then that would be a proper community uh, radio station because you'd be able to help people set up little recording studios in there, you know, just to record their show, and then you stream their show into the big thing. There's there's, there's a whole new way of radio, you know. I don't know whether yeah. that's internet radio, you know, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Those are my views on it, Lindsay. (laughs) It's about how how the content is made. You know, traditionally, you're going down that, well, we need to have a premises with uh, a server rack and we need to be able to get this signal from there. Why can't we do it from home? You know? Uh, And you've just, yeah, it's an interesting thought, you know. You know, we could have all these little uh, home studios and it's not that expensive to set up a half-decent home studio and they're all providing content, Yeah, you know? It's not yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. Well, what, what about like playing music and that then? Because like even playing music, obviously you've got to pay someone, haven't you? How does that yeah. work when when so, you see people obviously. streaming on Facebook and they get kicked off Facebook because they're playing music? And- that is really harsh. I mean, even I had to play uh, on Facebook live with, with streaming some mixes and stuff. And, you know, it gets censored because I don't own the rights. Well, I'm not monetizing it. I was just doing it for entertainment. Yeah. But to, for, for radio stations, we subscribe to PRS, Performing Rights Society, and this uh, PPL and, uh, and MCPS. It's, a, it's you know, we, we pay. It depends on the size of your audience, but you would pay, don't quote me, you'd pay some, you know, it's not cheap, a couple of grand a year. But if you think about it, if you are in your business, if you play music in your business, you're supposed to have a, a PRS license, aren't you? Well, I, I was about to ask that question, right? Because I have got a PRS license. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm not no scuzzy you kind of, you know, like just 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 dodges everything. I, I, I like to do things, as you know, right? Uh, yeah. So I have got a PRS license. So um, can, does that mean that I can play music on my podcast? I'm not sure if it does. I think it's based, again, I don't know the full ins and outs of that, but that's, yeah. I mean, I think that at the moment, the music that you probably can play is non-copyright stuff, is it? Yeah. I, I, I guess so, yeah, like like royalty-free sort of whatnot, stuff, non-copyright yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't know, it's just a thought. It's just a thought bringing music into it might be a bit, you know, like uh, fun because obviously I like to DJ and that as well, so we can maybe do some sets and stuff. But um that's beside the beside the bite. Uh, um, it's just obviously it could be part of it. So, um, but it's a huge part of what you do. And then you you'll then do you have to pay when you play a track? Do you just have to pay every no. track that you play? Is it like is it pay as you go sort of thing or pay per play? No, there used to be a bit of a. Uh, 
an, an urban legend, if you like. Oh, well, the, the reason why they pay that is because they get paid to pay, play. And, you, you know, Paul McCartney gets 10 pence for every time the Beatles are playing and all this. It's not like that, really. Um, what, what happens is, and what used to happen, is that you would have to submit what you call your returns to PRS. So yeah. they would look at the playlist and say, well, actually, you have played... Uh, in the last six months, you've played the Beatles 82 times and they will get a small percentage of that, yeah. you know, whether it be a penny or a two, two. But if you think about it, use the Beatles as an example. If you're playing, I don't know, uh, Hey Jude by the Beatles uh, and 900 radio stations are playing that across the world, you know, and it's so much per, per play or whatever. It's- yeah, yeah. What's what, what's the, there's a time limit, isn't there? There's like an age of a tune. So like when when something it could be sixty years I think, and then it comes out of all of that and yeah. you can play it. Yeah, because yeah. I always used to think that a lot of the show um, and I, if I ever, which I never really do, but if I was to switch on CFM and uh, listen to the uh, you know the shows that I've caught anywhere, most of the tunes I used to think those are ancient and they're playing them because they don't have to pay a penny for that. It's literally free music. Yeah, well, it's funny again. There used to be a thing, and the BBC used to to subscribe to this, and it used to be called non-needle time because that was we we literally had turntables, didn't we? Yeah. And there were certain labels and certain tracks that came under that, and the, you didn't have to pay a royalty. And normally, and this is going back to some of our listeners who are, pro- are going to li- probably similar age to us, if we're not a bit older, they normally release those albums on Ktel. Remember Ktel? I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was. It sounds familiar, yeah. Ketel, the best of whatever. Well, that was non-needle time. And I think basically Ketel right. bought the rights to those songs so you could play them all day long and not have to yeah. pay. Yeah. But it all changed in kind of like the mid-80s to the late, early 90s and it became PRS. Right. So everything we play is we have to pay a royalty for. I'll maybe have a look at it, because obviously if I put the details of my PRS, PRS license into the podcast settings somewhere, I might be able to do it without getting uh, asked but, but can you not, does your pod not, podcast not come under like the Creative Commons license or something like that? There's different licenses that you can apply to your, your podcast, isn't there? Yeah, I, do, I, I don't know. I press some buttons and like all of a sudden... You could hear us. <laughs> um, but uh, so, Lindsay, what that so, so that, that's just an absolutely fascinating story. You're in the midst of creating something now. Uh, uh, it's still very, very young, unformed sort of mm-hmm. an entity that could go off in any direction by the sound of it. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the journey from uh. From, from that 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 shed and those those cardboard computers to it's an extension to the cardboard computers and the tapes and the C nineties and this and 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 it's an extension and you know yes it's it is still a still a border city radio is still a concept but we've got the license we can do this we can go ahead and do this we just you know we just need to get over these these obstacles and you know obstacles are there to be moved and. Yes we can do it and we will do it. And, you know, um, it's just, well, such, it's, 
passion, you know. Yeah, well, well, well done on everything that you've done. I'm super impressed with it. I think it's a it's it's an inspirational story, and there's bound to be other people that maybe want to get onto the radio. That now there's an opportunity right in front of mm. them in the form of you to to do that. So, um, but hopefully, uh, any kids out there, any parents out there that that are listening this like. T- tell your kids this story, you know, because if if they've got something that they want to do, and they, and, and support them in doing it as well, you, you know, what what kids want to do when the when when the kids, that's highly likely what they want to do, especially if they're around about eight or nine years old. If a child, I think, if a child is stating what they want to do at that age in life, then you really need to pay attention. And that's not something school listens to at that age, you know? So, so, um, yeah. So thanks for coming on, Lindsay. I, I, I've, I've like got a professional radio DJ on, 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 on my podcast, man. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been good to catch up, Rich. It really has. And, uh, I, I just, I'm inspired by your inspiration, uh, and your dedication and your, your drive and the can-do attitude, the yes, I can, yes, I will. Like I said to you right early back in the early part of this podcast, I still remember that eight-year-old kid who just wanted to do and create and be. And, you know, you're an inspiration and keep it going and and let that good energy flow out. Uh, you know, it sounds a bit cheesy, that, but I want it to be real positive vibes because – Yes, you can. Yes, you shall. Yes, you will. If you keep saying that to yourself, you don't have to be arrogant. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Yes, I shall. Then you will determine, you know, you you might not get everything you want in life, but if you achieve... It's such a feeling. It's amazing. Well, what I've found is with that as well, you you think you know what you want. You go for it, and then you realise you've got it. But it looks completely different to what you thought it was going to be, you know, when you got there. And yeah. again, that 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 happened for you. And I think that's part of the not realising that you're actually there because it's not what you visualised in the, the first place. And normally, it's better. It's way better. Look at what you're doing now, you know. So yeah. um, good luck with the radio station. Um Maybe get you back on to, to to promote it when you're a bit 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 closer to doing that. And yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Lindsay. It's been great catching up, and um, we'll 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 do this again sometime soon. Eh? Cheers, Rich. All right, mate. See you later now. Bye bye.